You're listening to Rock of Ages, where I introduce my theater kid friends to my favorite classic rock albums. And when we look at a concert album or a rock opera, they introduce me to their favorite musicals. Today we're talking about Depeche Mode, Violator. With me, I have Isaiah. Hello. Paul. Hey. And Romy. Hey. Violator is the seventh studio album by English electronic band Depeche Mode. Sorry if I sound so surprised that it's their seventh album. It was first released on March 19th, 1990 on Mute Records internationally and by Sire and Reprise Records in the United States. It was produced by Depeche Mode and Flood, and the genres are synth pop, alternative dance, and dark wave. And from All Music Review, Ned Raggett. In a word, stunning. Perhaps an odd word to use given that Violator continued in the general vein of the previous two studio efforts by Depeche Mode. Martin Gore's upfront lyrical emotional extremism and knack for a catchy hook, filtered through Alan Wilder's ear for perfect arrangements, ably assisted by top English producer Flood. Yet the idea that this record would dominate worldwide charts, while song for song being simply the best, most consistent effort yet from the band could only have been the wildest fantasy before it's released. The opening two singles from this album, however, signaled something was up. First was Personal Jesus, at once perversely simplistic with a stiff, arcane funk hip-hop beep and basic blues guitar chords, and tremendous thanks to sharp production touches and David Gahan's echoed, snaky vocals. Then enjoy the silence, and nothing else remains but us ballad pumped up into a huge dramatic romance dance number, commanding in its mock orchestral choir scope. Follow-up single Policy of Truth did just as fine as well, a low-key Motown funk for the modern day with a sharp love-hate lyric to boot. To top it all off, the album itself scored on song after song, from the shuffling beat of Swedish, Swedish, Swedish perfection, <laughs> Swedish perfection, <laughs> and the ethereal waiting for the night to the guilt-ridden and loving it halo building into a sweep string-swept pounder. Queen wraps up Violator on an eerie note, all ominous bass notes and odd atmospherics carrying the song. Goth without ever being stupidly hammy, synth without sounding like the critical stereotype of synth music, rock without ever sounding like a quote-unquote rock band, Depeche Mode here reaching astounding heights indeed. Alright, what do we think of Violator by Depeche Mode? Oh, I, I love adore this it. band. Yeah, this is yes. good. My, my parents had this CD in their CD rack for all my life, and I should have picked it I up, but, but I didn't. Probably because, I also have it on CD. Yeah, probably because the black. name Depeche Mode deterred me. Like, I thought that was an ugly name for a band. French. Yeah. Uh, we should do an alternate history hub about what would happen if Andrew listened to Depeche Mode as a kid. I'd probably be a whole lot different. <laughs> yeah, I could, there could also easily be an alternate history hub about what would happen if I saw Band Slam when it came out. What if I 
would I become like a more like I don't know? Would I become more rebellious? <laughs> I guarantee you, if you saw Bandsland on its opening night, nothing would change for you. If any, maybe something would change for you, but maybe not a lot. Yeah, I didn't you would, get you into. Would, you would replace the I in your name with a one, and that's it. <laughs> God, I forgot what I was gonna say now. Um, oh, I didn't get into like indie type music until like roughly five years after the movie came out so like probably maybe a little bit would change maybe um but yeah uh as we're saying and with this album violator by Depeche mode it was very good the hype is real everyone the hype is real the hype is definitely real just like the one piece Big choice i will say though that this album is not for everywhere because the first time I was listening to this album, compiling pictures for a slideshow, I was so into it. I was so into it. I thought this was very nice and dancey. I was into the zone. But a couple days later, I was confined in bed, uh, recovering from a fever. And when I was listening to select tracks from this album, I was like, no, why is this in my ears? I, I should be listening it's to mellow stuff. It's definitely not a fever album. Yeah. And, and, blue dress. and I'm in... I'm in vacation. I'm on vacation right now in North Carolina, and it was nice listening to this album. But maybe right next to a tropical beach isn't the place to listen to Violator either, except for maybe Blue Dress again. Blue Dress uh, is my least favorite track. I kind of liked Blue Dress, but I, I see kind where you're coming take. from. I, I like all the songs, every, but yeah, every song on this is good. But Blue Dress yeah. might just be the weakest one. Not to me. I like I love this song. And, and it's I a I mean it's a great song. Every single song on this album is great. And like when you say a song yeah. is your least favorite on this album, that's still high praise. Yeah. It's the weakest song. Doesn't mean it's the worst. Yeah. Like hearing that uh synth tone but watching like seagulls and pelicans flying in the air, it was like magic. Yeah. Uh I remember the first time I heard the Pesh mode was like uh an hour and a half video detailing the history of music from 6000 BC up to 2017. Mm. And the first song of the 1990s was Depeche Mode's Personal Jesus, which was like, what is this? This sounds like uh, a blues. Is Depeche Mode a blues band? Oh, um. <laughs> like their next album, they are. Alt country uh, blues. Brings me to, <laughs> yeah, that brings me to um, the fact that the Blind Boys of Alabama actually covered Personal Jesus as a gospel mm. song. As they did also, Johnny Cash. Yeah, same. Did, and uh, yeah. the Blind Boys have also set Amazing Grace to the tune of House of the Rising Sun. Wow. Whereas somebody on, whereas somebody on, I'm sorry, I haven't a clue, did the opposite. Wait, I, I wait, let me try that. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. That works. Why and does it work? It, there is a house in New Orleans. They call the rising sun. Oh my god. Man, the animals are a bunch of hacks. Even though it wasn't even their song to begin with. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I added a personal Jesus to my uh, awesome playlist called Summer Road Trip the following year in the year of our Lord 2019. And when I first heard it, I thought, okay, so this isn't blues. It's synth blues, and I think I like I might like synth blues, but I'm a bit too afraid to check it out more. And here I am checking it out more, and I like it, even though Not personal Jesus blues, is the but... only one that is kind of in blues tradition. Yeah, I'd rather hear Depeche Mode play the blues than Eric Clapton. Definitely, hmm. definitely check out Songs of Faith and Devotion. It's more kind of rock oriented than Violator for sure. It's one of my favorites. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you've you've been into Depeche Mode for the better part of a year now, and uh, I can yeah. I can definitely see why they they have a lot of those uh, gloomy dark wave influences. This I, is their turning point. This is where they get angsty. Their their last four albums are kind of more upbeat, especially yeah. their first one, which I am not too fond of. And it's definitely not because it sounds too happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too happy. Eight stars. <laughs> Uh, the song we're listening to right now is uh, Sweetest Perfection. This was the song I was listening to when I was sick in bed. I was really into this song when compiling the pictures for the slideshow, but listening to this in bed, I was like, this song makes me want to move. But I can't move right now because I'm sick in bed. I feel that. So when I, to be when fair, I finally able to uneasy, move. Uneasy erotic hypnosis isn't exactly the a sound to be listening to when with a fever. Yeah, um... I did like the trance quality of, of a lot of these songs, though. For sure. The first song, uh, "World in My Eyes," uh, I, I was listening to on like shuffle on my laptop one day, and I was like, "Yeah, I should definitely listen to this album one day. It's very good." And then I just ended up not listening to it for a good year until <laughs> now. So my gateway was "Policy of Truth." I was like, "Holy moly, this is good." I first actually heard of it when I was a avid user when I was just was a voracious user of TV tropes just learning about how like tropes work and one of them was like on the cover changes the meaning um, I, that was how I first heard of Depeche Mode when it said that Johnny Cash covered it hmm. I used TV tropes mm-hmm. a lot about five years ago. I used to I, I used to go on like the page Last Note Nightmare just to check out songs and see if they had scary endings. So just to make sure that I don't get creeped out if I hear them on the radio or on shuffle. And uh, Depeche Mode was not on this page, I don't think. But Enjoy the Silence could qualify. The ending is pretty unnerving. Mm. On the extended version, yeah. Yeah. Enjoy the silence. Bing! And then it's yeah. just silence for another 20 boom, seconds. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah. It is 8 o'clock, and I want to hear nothing but a pin drop. <laughs> Anybody remembers what show that's from? Um, Dog the Blog? Uh, it was Nickelodeon. <laughs> uh, I can't help you there, bud. House of Anubis, that's what it was called. Mm. Typical um, I barely remember that show. I, back to TV shows, I, there was like, on Trailers Always Spoil, someone was like, Nickelodeon shouldn't um, do a mystery show because they um, because they spoil a lot in their trailers and they'd probably reveal the mystery person every week. And then it would, then somebody replied, yeah, about that, with a link to the House of Anubis page. <laughs> the only thing I really remember from Nickelodeon was the famous uh, scene where uh, Avatar Legend of Korra fell to her death and Spongebob was just laughing maniacally. Oh my god! I, I love that meme where like sad moments and sad and tragic moments in movies and shows and they just put the graphic of Spongebob laughing. Like imagine, like, has any somebody edited that with like a picture of Marcy getting stabbed? They will. They probably already have. I, we'll just have to find it. The, the internet is a disturbing place. I remember yeah. there was a clip of fairly odd parents it was like are you telling me he's the chosen one and he's pointing right at back at the barnyard is up next and it should he was pointing right at the pig <laughs> hey folks viewer mail time again <laughs> <laughs> yes this one comes from sally age 14 dear pig aren't you interrupting this story at the most suspenseful part well yes i am sally yes i am <laughs> <laughs> 
I have the original Barnyard movie on DVD. I was hoping to do it on Watch This, but it's nice to own because that movie, I, I really like it. It's, I love how, like, different it is from the show it eventually became. How different, different how? Because I never did get, get into Barnyard. Um, so, like, like the, mo the movie is a lot more mature because, like, it deals with, like, Otis's dad dying, and and then Otis has to like he has to take over the farm. Mm. Kind of like a worse Lion King. Would have been cool if Depeche Mode did the yeah. soundtrack so stayed, for this. Stayed in the Pride Lands and had to. Just... It would have just been funny to see this nice rural farmland area, and then Depeche Mode comes in with the music. I'm trying to bring this back to Depeche Mode people. Mm. Hey, here's a weird thing about Depeche Mode. The song that's playing right now is Halo, right? That's what it says. Have you guys ever seen the music video for Halo? I have not. Tell me. Tell me more. It's about a bunch of mimes who ride along like gypsies. They all sleep in the open air. They have wagons. It's just a whole bunch of mimes. They got white paint on their faces and everything. Sounds no different from a Kate Bush music video. Mm, there was like a there was like a song called like John and Mary, the ballad of John and Mary, I think, and like I want to see if I can find it. Uh, speaking of Kate Bush, everyone always says that her breathing on her classic song The Dreaming was sampled on Personal Jesus. However, this is a rumor. It was a breathing created by the band itself for the song. But it, they were inspired by Kate Bush's The Dreaming, so they made it sound like it was Kate Bush breathing. They would, they just went into the mic and went, <laughs> and like just did that. My special talent is I can perfectly imitate the personal Jesus breathing. Oh, do it. <laughs> I don't want to. Okay, yeah, I, I don't want to put you on the spot either. Yeah. Uh, I might paint on online. When we do get to Kate Bush's The Dreaming, I'll be sure to point out the the breathing that Depeche Mode was inspired from, so... might be the weakest song but the song i would go the least back to is waiting for the night it's nice it's chill it's not it's not getting me on the dance floor though the ending to that song is the, top 10 moments in music oh yeah it's i don't know, I don't know what a, it is it's a listen it's a so good it's a good song to listen to but it's it's not a good song to get down to yeah it's like oh, the least I, dance movie track. I, found, I found the song it's uh johnny and mary by robert palmer and like the titular johnny and mary seem to be weird mime people i never got yeah. too big into robert palmer uh i know i, I like, think addicted to love is fine i never liked dr dr bad case of love and you and my i think his best contribution to music is that he did some of the percussion for remain in light Ah, so, um, yeah, I mostly regard Johnny and Mary because it was one of the first videos, uh, aired on, uh, MTV. Good for um, you, Robert just, Palmer, like, you made history. It was like, I don't know, it was like the 100, let, let me see, I, I'm on the Wikipedia page. Uh, it was like the 86th video ever played. 86. Whoa. It's in the 100. 
It's in the hundred. Yeah, that's it's, it's in the top of hundred. That's 100. that's all that matters. I guess. <laughs> I'm looking. Oh, I, I'm looking at uh, that Robert Palmer song now, Johnny and Mary, and uh, it is track three on his album, Clues, and uh, Chris. Chris Clues. Uh, Robert Palmer's Clues, <laughs> and uh, Gary Newman is on that album, but he's not on Johnny and Mary. Chris France is on that album, but he's not on Johnny and Mary. So we missed out. He also covered Not a Second Time by the Beatles. Honestly, one of my least favorite songs by them, but good for him. Uh, This album, Violator. Um, Man, this I I would just listen to this album anytime I feel like I want to dance. And I don't really feel like I want to dance a lot, but if I do, I'd I'd put this on. But you know who wouldn't put this on? Who? Robert Christgau. Oh, He gave it a C minus, which is Bro. honestly kind of expected oh. for a man like Robert Christgau. He doesn't really like any synth pop or like anything with synthesizers in it because he thinks synthesizers are like the bane of music for some reason. I think it's because they're they're represented with snooty, pretentious people and it just sounds fake and too many stupid people who don't know how to use music use them a lot. But what really struck me for some reason is that for some reason and for sweetest perfection, he thinks that rhyming drug with thug is catering to the rap crowd. What? How do you That's think really that? Funny. It is that I would love to know Robert Christgau's mental gymnastics. Because when I listen to the Pesh Mode, I'm like, hell yeah, this is some good hip hop right here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it it it's well, it's more related to EBM than hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, Rob, if Robert Christgau thinks that this is hip hop, then I don't know what to say. I, I don't have He's a joke for this. <laughs> I don't have a joke for this. This is just weird. Yeah. He uh, he continues. He continues on, uh, for the UK's ecstasy writing teens, who God knows are even more fickle, there's the techno-perfect synth guitar simum that punctuates the easily rescinded policy of truth. He does not like this, so, yeah, Robert Christow doesn't like this album, but what does he know? He's a critic. They're not to be trusted. Yeah. Yeah. He's a dirty man. No wonder he doesn't like the song Clean. He's dirty. I hope he's not dirty. <laughs> the Strangler. <laughs> Yeah, the Queen ends this album off on a not really positive note because the lyrics really aren't so positive. It's about like a guy trying to convince everyone that he's clean. He's not on drugs he's anymore. Clean. Yeah, he's clean. The he's, he's ever been. Yeah, but the music is is very very nice. It it, it makes me wanna makes me wanna shake my butt. Broken his fall. Makes me wanna tap into it all. Yeah, he's. Clean. I love Clean so much. Yeah, he is clean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you know that the name of the tour they went on to uh, promote Violator was the World Violation Tour? That's so dope. <laughs> wow. I'm reading the Wikipedia article, and it says that Martin Gore, he said, uh, we called the album Violator as a joke. We wanted to come up with the most extreme, ridiculously heavy metal title that we could. <laughs> I'll be surprised if people get the joke. But Violator is like the perfect title for this album. I can't think of any other name that would fit with this album. Um, Clean? No, that wouldn't. That wouldn't. That honestly wouldn't work. That honestly would work. Violator is a good name for this album, and then it and it works well with that album cover. It's like an inverted image yeah. of a of a lily or a daisy. Almost kind of looks like it's a a white flower drenched in blood. Top ten album yeah. covers. Yeah. Is it a metaphor for something? 
It's I have a shirt. Like I have the... a Violator shirt. It's so dope. Nice. It's almost like, like the first time I saw it, I thought it was like a like made of glass, but then I started to look more thoroughly at it, and I noticed it looked more like it was dripping blood. Hmm. Yeah. Almost like they took a white lily and then photoshopped all the white out of the picture, leaving only Whoa. black and red. Hmm. Uh, I'm seeing like. Um, enjoy the silence. Um, it was covered by Carla Bruni, the singer and the former French first lady. She had an al- she wow. has like a cover album called French Touch, uh, other songs. Um, Jimmy Jazz, Rolling Stones Miss You, Highway to Hell, <laughs> huh. Perfect Day by Lou Reed, Moon River, wow. Touch of French. Yep. Enjoy the Silence is the uh, biggest song off this album, even though for a long time I thought it was Personal Jesus. It ha- I mean, Same here. Yeah, Personal Jesus is probably more recognizable for me because it's an alt-rock song, but Enjoy the Silence has more uh, plays on Spotify. That's how you know it's made a bigger impact. Oh, I, I also remembered that uh, Susan Boyle also covered Enjoy the Silence for some oh. reason. I bet a lot of people covered Enjoy the Silence. It's a very good song. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Tori Amos did it, too. Ooh, Tori Amos, nice. Um, My favorite bit is when Alvin and the Chipmunks do backing on this part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, surprise appearance by Alvin and the Chipmunks. But exclusively the 2007 versions. <laughs> yeah, the one, you know, the ones that sing, uh, what was that pop song they sang? In, like, <laughs> the answer is yes, any pop song would do. <laughs> Uh, anyway, this the, the album was uh, produced by Flood, a famous engineer who started his work with Depeche Mode, New Order, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. He uh, engineered U2's The Joshua Tree, Nine Inch Nails' Pretty Hate Machine. Uh, let's see, uh, U2's Europa. He produced. Uh, he produced the album The Lead and How to Swing It by Tom Jones. Whoa. <laughs> Which is a uh, no, no acid. No. This is not like the other. But he, he also produced a downward spiral by Nine Inch Nails and uh, our recent guy we talked about, Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, and The Infinite Sadness. The downward spiral is too edgy for me. <laughs> uh, did you try listening to it? Good album, but yeah, my sister made me listen to it. It's yeah. it's good, but it's it's too too heavy for me. Yeah. If that's even fathomable, if it's if something's too sad or emo for me. Yeah, uh, Trent Reznor will do that to you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, a thing that uh, Downward Spiral and uh, Violator have in common, aside from Flood, is that Johnny Cash covered a song from that those albums. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna mention that. 
server. Yeah, and uh, Trent Reznor was like, that song isn't mine anymore when he heard him, heard Johnny Cash sing Hurt. I've heard that, that uh, it, I've heard that like on the radio so many times. Trent Reznor was like, this isn't my song anymore, it's Johnny Cash's, oh my god, I'm gonna cry. Oh, that was more of a melancholy thing, like Virgin, Trent Reznor versus Chad, um, Bob Dylan, when a famous artist covers their song. <laughs> like when... Like when the creator of Mary Poppins watched Disney's Mary Poppins and said, "This isn't my book anymore." <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, yes, I've seen Saving Mr. Banks. <laughs> I've only, I've only uh, seen Mary Poppins Returns, starring Lin Manuel Miranda, the guy famous for his role as Reggie in The Odd Life of Timothy Green. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yes. I didn't know I, he was in that. <laughs> I still, I vividly remember the scene in Saving Mr. Banks where like the Sherman brothers are playing the Fiji Curry Bank song, and it's cutting back and forth between like the author's dad being drunk on stage and just yelling out. It's kind of a corny movie, but it wasn't a terrible yeah. movie at all. Yeah. I remember the scene in Saving Mr. Banks where Dick Dastardly held Mr. Banks from a hundred-story building, and Mr. Banks said, Save me, someone, anyone. And then Depeche Mode marched in and saved the day in their time machine. But <laughs> 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 the, the best part of Saving Mr. Banks was when when Mary Poppins said, It's Mr. Banks in time, and <laughs> then Mr. Banks saw over the voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's also that moment where Mary Poppins floated in saying, I'm yonder, y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I do want to mention, uh, though, we we did lose uh, Depeche Mode member Andrew Fletcher uh, last year, May 26th, uh, RIP. Yeah. yeah. He did a really great job. Man, this, uh, this album is good. Uh, I, I'd look for this album on uh, vinyl, but uh, I already have it on CD, and I think that's good enough. I think it was meant to be I have it on, to CD, on CD, and I'd still love to own this on vinyl. I don't yeah. own any Depeche Mode albums on vinyl, but I have a ton on CD. That's fair. Oh boy, I think it's starting to thunder outside. <laughs> oh boy. I am, like, right next to the beach, and it was windy today, so, you know, it's pushing clouds over, so, yeah. Hopefully the power doesn't go out on us. <laughs> mm. But just in case, uh, we should probably go around the room. Isaiah, you are the birthday boy, and uh, I remember months ago you chose this album for your birthday episode. So, uh, yes. <laughs> what would you give us? Ooh, I, okay, I was going to be generous and be like 9.5, but I think that's too generous. I'd give it a 9. Okay. Because I think that perfect that's the perfect score for this album. Yeah. I love it to death, but it's definitely not a 10. And would you recommend it to a theater kid? That's the big question. Um, I. Yes but tread carefully because it's not theater yeah it it does have some things in common with great comet though yeah yeah with the electro dark wave influences yeah and i mean depeche mode has the blue dress and jonathan larson has the green green dress (laughs) yes how about you paul uh this album is really 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 good i almost think of it as a concept album in its own way like it starts off showing how sex is a positive thing and it ends in sort of this melancholy state Hmm. and throughout the album it has that hypnotic erotic feeling of guilt that starts to swarm as it gets deeper into the climax of the album Hmm. but i don't know if that counts it's deep anyway maybe a bit very great album (laughs) great album 8.9 out of 10. That's my rating. I give it a 9. 
All right. Um, I think that that concept album theory is a bit too uh, out there. I mean, it does make sense on a personal, on, on like a level. On You could make a case for it. Although, it's like when Queen made Sheer Heart Attack, those first five songs go together. But that doesn't necessarily yeah. make it immediately a concept album. It's just what the viewer interprets. I don't really interpret this as much of a concept album, but I'm glad that other people do. Anyway, uh, this is a really good album. It's not an album for everywhere, though. Uh, I can't dance to it at the beach. I can't dance to it in the emergency room. I can't dance to it in a cemetery. I mean, maybe blue dress, but <laughs> it, don't don't get me wrong. This is absolutely wonderful. And uh, it's synth pop in the same way that Kraftwerk was synth pop. But I feel like, Paul, I think you like this more than Kraftwerk because Kraftwerk was like not only in the tradition yeah. of 80s synth pop, it was practically creating the mold for that synth pop. And Depeche Mode yeah, is moving away mention. from this synth pop as far as possible. It's doing its own thing. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Like, I find it so weird. I thought Kraftwerk was just background music and this... This is masterpiece material. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, but but anyway, uh, yeah, 8.8. 8. Uh, it's so good, but honestly, I'm not sure if I could recommend this to a theater kid because it's it's dancey, but, uh, and yeah, it has things in common That's with singable. electro-pop music, musicals like Great Comet, but yeah, it's, it's not really singable unless you're like, unless... The theater in question is a baritone. There's not really going to be a lot of material for them to practice with. You're not going to see, like... Oh, that's me. You're not going to see Depeche Mode cover me in the sky, are you? No. But that does not in any way diminish the quality of this album. So, yeah. It's so, a great comment. It was singable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Isaiah, uh, your birthday was recent. Did you get any cool albums? My dad gifted me The Queen is Dead by The Smiths on vinyl. I am elated. Oh. <laughs> yeah. uh. Congrats, I, I, I think. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I know Morrissey's a shit person, but uh, it's still a good record. But I love the music. Yeah. In fact, I listened, I listened to it the day the Queen died. That's that's my The Queen is Dead story. <laughs> I think it was actually around the same time we did the A1A episode. So I had to oh. compare that to The Queen is Dead. That, and that... great album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, fun. So, uh, like I said, I'm on vacation right now, and uh, guess what? I got to bring a few records with me. Just a few, just n not that much, like 25. It's nothing but that oh. big of a deal. <laughs> 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 and yes, I brought my portable record player. But the point is, I thought instead of spinning a regular wheel, I'd spin the wheel of all the albums I brought on this vacation to see what our next album would be for next week. Where I'll probably still be here because I'm here till like Sunday in the afternoons, so. mm. and I and just for the Dig sake, it. I I, uh, I did not include albums that we already did on this podcast on the wheel. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes so, sense. and albums that I that I already planned to do later in the podcast. So, but yeah, it's time to spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. Yeah. Or in this case, pick a card. Yeah, and remember, if we land on a concept album or a rock opera, we have to do a theater album for episode 129. Oh god, how time flies. <laughs> and the next album we will be looking at is Elvis Costello and the Attractions, This Year's Model. Oh. 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 Oh, right, thank you. Don't, I don't know what this is. You're about to. That album was my jam. 
like a year ago. Oh, my <laughs> Until God, it wasn't. Is... And then it yeah, wasn't. This... Then it was Depeche Mode all the way. What a, what a change. Yeah, this would be a good place to bring up Elvis Costello's uh, Sesame Street appearance. Yeah. <laughs> what about well, his uh, SNL appearance where he got banned for like how many oh, years? Oh, I forgot about that. Long ago, uh, I Isaiah was jamming with Elvis Costello and the attractions, but everything changed when the Depeche Mode appeared. Then the new wave attacked. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got banned. Was, was Elvis Costello a new wave? Yeah, we'll talk about that next episode. Okay, stop okay. recording now. Bye.